Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, March 3rd, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Mr. Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. A lot to get into, Jay Book. I want to start with uh, a deep dive on the Buckeyes running backs for this year. All four scholarship running backs are coming back, um, including Evan Pryor, who, of course, uh, missed all of last season with a torn ACL. We were, you know, very bullish on the running backs going into last year, and we didn't even know anything about Dallin Hayden, really, uh, other than what we knew from his high school film. And now all four guys are coming back. Man, if they can stay healthy, could be dynamite. Just what do you expect out of this running back room this year? I'm expecting a big year, Dave. There's no way There's no way that you can expect a big year, especially when you look at the talent that's coming back. Absolutely loaded running back room. I challenge anyone to go top to bottom in all of college football and show me a running back room as deep as Ohio State. Um, as, as you mentioned, those four guys, but you still have Chip. <laughs> and, and I'm willing to wager that yeah. T.C. Caffey is a guy that could probably start <laughs> at some lower level Big Ten schools as well. He's no slouch at all. Um, so, yeah, I think you have six running backs. And if you want to throw Xavier Johnson back there to get a couple carries, he's another option. So, yeah, you have to be extremely bullish with the running back situation. The question is, Dave, we're all going to – I'm anxiously waiting. How would they be able to divvy, divvy up the carries to these guys? Because each one has a different style. Uh, Maya, he's the type of guy that really needs to get consecutive carries to really get going to build that momentum. Trey Henderson went healthy, and he's on his game. If he can follow the track, he's an absolute home run hitter. Dallin Hayden shows he's shown that he's kind of a a, a mixture of, of the two of those guys, little little smaller 
but what I've been heard, what I've been hearing is he's been getting bigger in the offseason. He's going to get majority of the first team reps throughout the spring with Henderson out, Pryor out. Uh, Mayan's going to probably be on a pitch count so that they know what they have out of him. So Dallin's probably going to get majority of the first team reps. Will he elevate his game to where they're like, hey, we have to find a way to get this kid at least, you know, 10, 11 touches a game. But at that point, there's only so many footballs to go around. So let's talk about Travion Henderson. Um, first of all, I, I love the young man. You know, I've talked to him like several times and he's just he's a he's a great kid. He came out. Uh, he was the number one running back in the country in the 2021 class. Comes out, you know. I don't want to say like gangbusters. I mean, but still had one of the best you know uh, seasons by a true freshman running back in Ohio State history. There haven't been that many that have rushed over a thousand yards. We're talking about like Robert Smith, Maurice Claret, J.K. Dobbins, and then uh, Travion Henderson. That's the list. Uh, and then you know had a sophomore slump, but we didn't realize till the end of the year maybe it wasn't a sophomore slump. He was, had a broken foot. It's kind of hard to be a running back if you have a broken foot. Um, but, you know, some people might be a little down on Travion. I don't know. Where where are you at on Travion going into his junior year, into his money year? His I think it's – yeah, I think it's a bounce-back year for him, Dave. It has to be. Um, is For Trey, it's unfortunate that he's trying to bounce back in the loaded running back room if there's any other place in the country. He's going to be able to get, you know, 15 to 20 carries week in and week out as long as he's healthy to show that he's a premier back to be – arguably one of the top backs to go off the board in the NFL draft if he can get his game up to par. The one thing I will have to say about it is I thought his vision was lacking this year, Dave. You can blame that on the foot, uh, not trusting it, uh, not having enough confidence, but I, I do think that the vision was not where it needed to be. He was way too impatient doing a little bit of dancing, but I give the kid a lot of credit. He gutted out uh, when Ohio State needed him as far as that injury, a lot of people would have shut it down early on in the year. To me, I just think that he has to he has to stay healthy, Dave. That's number one. For the first two years that he's been in uh, a Buckeye, he's had durability issues as far as battling multiple injuries. You look at the first year, there were so many times where he came in and out, in and out, in and out because of, um, you know, different injuries, head concussion injuries that he uh, didn't tell the, the staff that he was dealing with. You look at lower limb injuries, soft tissue injuries. You look at this past year, he had the foot injury. Um, so there's a lot of questions in regards to his durability. So to me, the first objective is can he stay on the field for the entire junior year? If he can, I do believe he will have a bounce back season. And we're just spitballing here. I'm going to ask you about Evan Pryor. We don't know. I mean, there. I mean, with a torn ACL, it could be anywhere from like, oh man, it could linger, and he might not even, you know, be the same at all this coming year. Or it could be Adrian Peterson, where it's like nothing happened, or somewhere in between. Let's hope it's Adrian Peterson, right? Where like he tore his ACL late in the season that one year with the Vikings and came back and that like, like, and then like it had his best year ever, like nothing ever happened. Um, so we don't know what's going to happen with Evan Pryor. I guess the good news as you and I have talked about before is that it happened in camp, not toward the end of the year. So in theory, that's, you know, going to make him more ready for the season. We would think he's obviously not going to play during spring, but what do you expect out of Evan Pryor this year coming off that torn ACL? 
I expect him to be full go, Dave. I mean, as you as you mentioned, it happened a while ago. So at this point, with modern day technology and medicine and strength and conditioning training and all of the rehab that's out there available, you're seeing guys bouncing back from uh, ACL injuries, you know, a little bit earlier than what it used to be 10 years ago. So now I expect him to be full go. The question is, is how much would they limit him? Uh, I'm sure Ohio State staff will try to be cautious. But I look for him to be somewhat of a change of pace back. We saw the speed, the quickness before he had that injury. The question is, will he be able to have that same explosiveness that we saw uh, prior to the injury? And I think I think he will, Dave. I mean, I, I trust the Ohio State medical staff is going to get him right. If not, for a, for a knee injury that has shown to not take as long as it used to be, if he's not ready to go uh, by the time camp starts, Dave, there's a lot of questions in regards to what's happening behind the scenes, but I expect prior to be an absolute, uh, you know, change of pace back for this football program. Yeah. I don't think Ohio state's uh, uh, medical staff and training staff and strength staff is going to get an F minus like the Ravens staff. Did you see that? I they saw had, like, it. This, they had this, like, for those that don't know what we're talking about, they had like this anonymous like player poll for through the, like the players association in the NFL and the Ravens, like training staff and strength and conditioning staff got an F minus. I tell you what, as a Bengal fan, what's going on in Baltimore? I'm here for it, man. You know, all the contract disputes with Lamar Jackson and everything that them getting an F minus with uh, their uh, strength and conditioning staff and everything. Okay, cool. Um, all right, let's talk some corners. Talk about your, your wheelhouse. Let's talk some corners. Um, all right. So only have seven scholarship corners, but that's, one more than they had last year. I like this group a lot. I know you do too, but I want to get yeah. your, your deep thoughts on it. So Denzel Burke, then you have the uh, Ole Miss transfer, Davison Igba Newson. Uh, Jordan Hancock is a third-year player now. Jair Brown, second-year player. Ryan Turner, a guy we don't really talk about much, will be a redshirt freshman. And then the two true freshmen, Jermaine Matthews, who's enrolled early, love his film. And then Calvin Simpson Hunt, love his film as well. Another true freshman has not enrolled early. Um those are the seven scholarship corners. What do you think about that group, my friend? I think Jermaine Matthews is going to come in here since he's a role early. He's going to push some of those veterans. And the competition, I'm all for it. Bringing in the, the transfer from Ole Miss, I only think that's going to really push Hancock and, and Burt. We really need a bounce back from those two guys, Dave. Um, as we mentioned, you know, several months ago, both of those guys graded out extremely poor when it came to PFF grades on the year. We just need those guys to step up and play at a respectable level. They don't need to be all Big Ten, Dave. Just go up, go out there and play at a decent level to where you're limiting the big plays, you're getting your head around, finding the football, and you're not grabbing, uh, getting free 15-yard penalties because you're too handsy. So to me, the eyes are on them. Um, it's also the eyes are also on, on the cornerbacks coach too, because at the same time he's coming over from the NFL. A lot of people is praising uh, his pedigree, but from what I what I saw, Dave, the cornerbacks were lacking in technique from the start of the season all the way to the very end. A lot of the the mental mistakes that they were doing at the beginning of the season, it was carrying over until the playoffs. So I want to see how they clean those up. Will they be able to get them cleaned up? And if not, find somebody else who's going to be able to get in there and play at a high level. Denzel Burke has played a lot of football in his time at Ohio State going into his third year. The way he played, you know, 
somewhat last year is unexcusable because he knows better. The technique that they were that he was performing out there with the flying squirrel technique, that's not something that is taught on the football field. That's just him just kind of winging it as he goes. So I'm looking at Tim Walton and say, hey, get your guys together and let's go. I mean, I know you only have seven corner, but they are extremely talented. So they need to really bounce back if they want to have a lockdown defensive secondary. You're too good. I was gonna. My next question was gonna. I wanted to get your thoughts on Tim Walton. Uh, you hit on it. Uh, and anything else uh, you want to say? I mean, he's entering his second year. He has experience as an NFL defensive coordinator, former Buckeye. I was in the camp. Like, man, this seems like a really good hire. Bringing him in as corners coach. But you're right. I mean, they underperformed last year. Now you could say, well, that, you know, Jim Knowles is the head coach of the defense. You know, he he needs to step it up. Um, Speak more about Tim Walton, though. Do you think this is a kind of a make-or-break year for him, and, and do you still believe in him? I think it's a make-or-break. I mean, to me, Dave, I was always a big fan of putting Perry uh, Eliano as the corners coach because you look at what Perry pedigree at Cincinnati with Sauce Gardner and then uh, Kobe Bryant, who's starting for Seattle. Cincinnati also has another corner that's probably going to get drafted in the first three rounds. He's expected to run in a 4-3 at the Combine. Uh, the kid's name escapes me right now. So you look at Perry, and it's like, shoot, you just produced the defensive uh, rookie of the year in the NFL why isn't that your corners coach? So to me, I'm looking at Tim Walton and say, let's go, man. You got to have a sense of urgency right now, especially at a place at Ohio State. The defense was not good enough once they played teams with an actual pulse. So I want to see, you know, these corners just be able to be technically sound, Dave. They don't have to be lights out, you know, Revis Island locking everybody up on side to side. But at the same time, you got to be fundamentally sound if you want to be able to play in this gym nose defense because the whole, hey, I'm going to give up, you know, three to four big plays. Okay, is that a schematical, you know, situation to where you're planning to have that? Or is that a fundamental breakdown because your corners aren't doing what they're taught, which is finding the football, getting their head around, or not even playing the wide receiver's eyes once the football's in the air. So those are some of the things that I'm going to be looking for, especially in the spring. Like, can we get this cleaned up on the back end? Yeah, they need to. Yeah, and I – yeah, I, it's weird to put that out there. I, I know what Jim Knowles is saying, and I do like his candor because, you know, when coaches are all in coach speak, we're like, well, he's not. they're not telling us anything. And then when they say too much, it's like, well, they – Maybe they're being too honest, but for him to put it out there that like if we give up like five chunk plays or less, we're going to win the game. It's like, why would you even like put it out there that like you can give up five chunk plays and win? Like, shouldn't you be like, I know you're like, you know, zero is probably unlikely, but shouldn't that be the goal? Not five or less. Right. I, it's just it's weird. Yeah. That that's it. And then and you saw what happened against Michigan and Georgia. It cost them the games. Right. And you you think about that, Dave, those those huge plays costing the game and Ryan day post game against Georgia kind of went against that, that theory of Jim Knowles where Ryan days post game, Georgia said, we talked about not giving up these big plays. So if your defensive coordinator is coming in and saying, Hey, I'm cool with giving up four to five, maybe six big plays a game, but you have your head coach post game of the playoffs saying, no, 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 no. We talked about this. We don't want this. That, to me, tells me that, hey, maybe everybody needs to get on the same page because if Ryan Day's postgame after the playoffs saying, 
we don't want that. And your defense coordinator is saying, I'm cool with that. Uh, maybe there's a little bit of a disconnect there. All right, let's talk some D-line to finish the show. We're not going to talk about Larry Johnson and the rotation or anything like that. That we, We've uh, exhausted that at least for uh, maybe uh, for a couple weeks. So we'll definitely circle back on that at some point. But I know, I mean, you mentioned this to me, that Zach Harrison said at the NFL Combine yesterday that he feels like uh, he's leaving behind what's going to be the best defensive line in the country. Now, of course, you know, he's talking up his boys, but – you know, you look at Ohio State, if they can stay healthy at defensive tackle, they're not that deep there. But with Mike Hall, with Tyleek Williams, Hero Canoe, and then Ty Hamilton as your defensive tackles, and then at DN, JT Tumaloal, can he be that superstar this year? We think he can be. What's going to happen with Jack Sawyer, we don't know. But as you mentioned, Zach Harrison talked up some of those guys that are going to be second-year players. He mentioned Caden Curry. He mentioned Kenyatta Jackson. And he mentioned Amari Abor. Uh, are you buying what he's selling, Jay Book? Best defensive line in the country. I'm I'm somewhat buying it, Dave. Uh, maybe, you know, say I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. But I know we've talked about, you know, Jack Sawyer and him not, you know, performing up to the expectations. But also keep in mind, Jack Sawyer led the team in sacks last year pretty much playing out of position. So if he can get his hand in the dirt and and play his God-given natural position, I think he's going to have his play elevated. I look for JT to continue his uh, ascent into one of the top defense alignments in the country. And then, as uh, Zach Harrison mentioned, he thought that Caden Curry is ready to explode onto the scene the way he's really twitched up his ability to get off the off the football and his first step and just his kind of relentless attitude is going to get him some some live reps coming up this year. And then he mentioned the two younger guys. He thought Kenyatta Jackson was special. He's just a younger guy who's still trying to figure it out. And the same with Amari Abar. Thought Amari is just still trying to find his way, needs to get stronger in the weight room, but show some flashes at time. So if Larry can get that back end of the roster when it comes to those younger defense alignment developed, they have the potential to be really deep. We need more from them, Dave. I know we've talked ad nauseum about the lack of production from the defensive line. We need more. Absolutely. We need more sacks. We need more pressures. We need the right personnel on the field. Tyleek Williams and Mike Hall needs to be in the middle at all times, playing as many reps as possible. The only time I want Tyleek coming out the game is when he taps his helmet and he needs a blow. Uh, same with Mike Hall. <laughs> but And you look at the situation with the defensive line, the one thing that we've been having issues with Dave is the rotation. I feel like sometimes Larry gets too deep in his rotation, but with this year, if he can get those people developed, then I think, I think they have the potential to be an excellent defense line. The best in the country, as Zach is saying, they have the potential. And it kicks off Tuesday. Spring ball kicks off Tuesday. We will be there. Well, I'll be there. You'll, you'll, you'll be in sunny Arizona. I'll be here in cloudy Columbus. Hopefully it's nice. We, man, we had like a 70 degree. We broke a record two days ago. It's 70 degrees two days ago here in Columbus. And then today, we, you know, there's like tornado watch. It's going to be like 30 and rainy all day. So I don't know, man. So we'll see. But um, yeah, spring ball kicks off Tuesday. Can't wait. We'll be there early on Tuesday covering spring ball. Great stuff as always from Jonah Booker. Appreciate it, Jay Book. Thank you very much, my friend. And thank you to all the listeners and viewers. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.